This is Another Bottle Down on Co-op Radio, KOOP Hornsby, Austin, 91.7 FM, and KOOP.org. I'm your host, Mark Rayshap, here to appreciate wines from all over the world and to talk with Austin's leading wine professionals, from winemaker to sommelier and everyone in between. Now it's time to put another bottle down. Good afternoon, Austin. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a wonderful show for you today. Thank you, Hilka, for a wonderful edition of the Andean Hour. Uh, we're going to spend the, the next hour uh, talking about wine and the wine industry and having a whole lot of fun. We have live in the studio Jeremy Fouquet, who is from the historic Chateauneuf-du-Pape family, Brot. And uh, big thanks to uh, Margot and Associates, the two Giacomos, um, and the Butera family for bringing Jeremy into the studio. Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, so we're going to we're gonna uh, really dig into it. The wines of Chateauneuf-du-Pape, Grenache, the famous Grenache, and the big, bold flavors that really go uh, well with the big, bold Texas personalities. So stay tuned. All right, 102 in the capital city. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Co-op Radio, and they uh, they let me come into the studio and talk wine uh, for an hour every week, so it's incredible. Uh, uh, we're live here in the studio with Jeremy Fouquet, uh, who is from the region of Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Thank you so much for being here, Jeremy. Hello, Mark. Thank oh, you, everybody. Yes, yes. So um, so you're from the, the town of Orange, right, which is in uh, the, the southern Rhone and, and the Chateauneuf region. Yes, I was born in Orange. It's very close by Chateauneuf-du-Pape, only 10 minutes driving from there. Wow. So you had, uh, as you were growing up, access to just amazing wines from the region. And you also come, uh, come from a family of, uh, of chefs and cooks, right? Yes, so all my family is involved in the kitchen and the cuisine business. My father is a caterer and my brother is now a trainer in the most prestigious um, culinary school in Switzerland. And he also works in different uh, ways as a chef in some uh, nice place and uh, star Michelin restaurants over the world. Excellent. So, um, well, we're going to we'll talk a little bit more about the culinary side of the region. But I first want to dig in. Can you paint the listeners out there? a picture of what the Rhone Valley is really about. So, uh, you know, I think that a lot of folks might know Côte du Rhone, uh, but let's dig into the, the, the region as a whole, right? Yes, of course. Well, uh, as a start, we can say that uh, the Rhone Valley is uh, the second largest uh, wine region after Bordeaux. Um, it's, uh, it's a region uh, getting more and more popular. Um, uh, people love uh, the Rhone wines for their uh, smooth side and fruity side. Uh, the Rhone Valley can be divided in two parts. Okay. You have the north. Okay. From Lyon to Montélimar, where they produce 100% Syrah. You have uh, prestigious appellations like Cotroti, Condrieux, uh, Cornas, Saint-Joseph, Crozermitage, uh, Chateaugrier. 
uh, in total, they have eight crew, eight top wines. And so, so let, let's slow down for a second yeah. there because I know that a lot of folks who are learning wine and studying it um, really want to dig into this and, and, and listen to your pronunciation. <laughs> um, so, so we have Syrah is the predominant grape, and oftentimes Syrah is blended in with a white grape, right? Yes, of course. It's the case uh, in Cote Rocher Appellation. They can produce 80% uh, Syrah with 20% Viognier. Okay, wonderful. Uh, it gives something very special to the wine, right. delicacy and uh, finesse to the final blend. And also, Condrieux is, uh, is one of the, is the, la the, the, the last appellation uh, that can produce 100% Viognier. 100% It's a white wine appellation. Yeah, so only white wines coming from Condrieux. Say that again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Condrieux. Condrieux. Uh, Condrieux, <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, mistakes around the pronunciation of that, but uh, we, you heard it here, folks, on Another Bottle Down. <laughs> uh, okay, so great. And then, and then uh, Cornas is one of the only 100% Syrah appellations, right? Yes, Cornas uh, is uh, the, uh, not the only one. You have also Saint-Joseph. Well, they can produce 100% Syrah. Uh, Cros Hermitage is an 100% Syrah as well. Um, the Syrah is a fragile grape and fits very well in those soils. Uh, they got uh, granitic soils uh, on hilly sides. And uh, over there, um, they have a continental climate uh, with uh, much more rain than the south. So the Syrah um, fits better uh, than the Grenache uh, over over there. Right, right. Okay, so we got these. So and then the Rhone also. We were talking beforehand. Very steep terraces and granitic soils. Yes. Then if you travel to the south, you will see it's um, a flatter, uh, flatter territory with a much diversity of soils. So you can find uh, limestone soils, okay. uh, pebbles soil, um, sandy soils. Uh, clay uh, and many others. It's bigger. Uh, it's uh, it's the largest um, largest region. Um, so the, the, the overall Côte du Rhone appellation, or the, the whole Southern Rhone. Yeah, it's all Southern Rhone. Right. It starts from Mont Montélimar and it goes down uh, after Avignon. Okay, and then and and of course the 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 anchoring region, the most famous uh, southern Rhone region, is where where your uh, winery is is situated, right? Yes, and the the winery is based in Chateauneuf du Pape. Is uh, we are one of the one of the first um, winemaker uh, wine merchant um, bottling wine in the area. Um, the Brot the, family. The Brot family, okay, yes. Cool. Uh, the Brot family was uh, uh, was founded in 1931 by uh, Charles Brot, the first generation. Yeah. Um, and uh, we uh, we are a family-owned winery, and we are still independent, which is very important. Yeah, which, which is very, um, and we'll we'll dig a little bit into the, um, you know, into more of the history of the family. But I first want to finish off painting the picture of the Southern Rhone. So we have, you know, that that large Southern Rhone appellation, um, a lot bigger than the Northern Rhone, and we have Chateauneuf du Pape is the the anchor there. Um, and then what else do we see? We see other regions popping up as well around Chateauneuf du Pape a little bit for the to the north. So uh, Chateauneuf du Pape is the largest appellation. Uh, uh, we count today uh, 3,000 hectares, 
for uh, 300 wineries. So you can imagine wow. how how, uh, how small uh, some wineries can be. Um, is the second largest appellation uh, after Saint-Emilion in Bordeaux. Wow. Yes, and uh, we um, we produce um, mainly Grenache there. Grenache um, uh, takes origin from Spain. It's a Spanish grape first, and the grower in the past uh, grew uh, grew up uh, this grape there um, because of the soil. The soil is very poor and dry, and we have much sunshine right. uh, than northern Rhone, so the Grenache fits better there. And you know, you, yes? you might be the first French to actually give credit to the Spanish for for uh, for having Grenache come from there, I think there's been this there's been this just big debate as far as you know uh, the French say that Grenache originated there, the Fa- Spanish say Grenache originated in Spain, and the Italians say they, that Grenache originated on the island of Sardinia. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, they 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 call it Garnacha. Yeah, yeah, and and um, we'll kind of dig into a little bit of that as well. But um, gr- so Grenache really dominates the what's what's planted in Chateauneuf du Pape, but it's not all that's planted, right? Um, it's planted in Chateauneuf du Pape mainly. Um, you have to get in your vineyard at least 60 percent. Yeah, um, and then uh, we call them the secondary grapes like Syrah, Mourvedre, Senso. Chateauneuf du Pape uh, have a very old rule yeah. because he's, he's uh, the first one of the first AOC in France. Um, uh, we we got uh, the AOC in 1936, and we can plant 13 grapes there. Yeah, so th- 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 those those are the rules, right? So yeah, those are 13. the very old rules. Yeah, yeah. Today, uh, few girls uh, can pretend and uh, they have the 13 grapes. Right. Uh, but you have to uh, understand that uh, may uh, the, the the most of the the producer uh, produce only Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre, Senso. Yeah. And that, that was kind of what we think of the Southern Rhone grape varieties as a whole. It's the king. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. the king of the Appalachian, uh, the most recognized because uh, he has a big body. Uh, he's the guy, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he has a lot of spices like black pepper, uh, black pepper, licorice. Yeah. And he has also um, this uh, structure. Um, that can uh, be keep for for several yeah. times in bottle. So, so I I have you know I think that folks listening out there might think how wild is it that you can get totally different flavors from uh, a region and then when you cross the border or if you go to a neighboring region the wines aren't as big and they're not as muscular or they don't have as much black pepper spicy quality. So what is it? What is it? What is special about Chateauneuf de Pop that that allows the wines to be so muscular and powerful? Um, because of the terroir. Uh, the terroir, um, well, is, mag- is magic. Yeah. Uh, the terroir uh, can be explained in uh, in four uh, four parts. Um, on the north part, you have the pebbles. The pebbles are the river rocks. They are big. They yeah. were uh, brought in the past by the the Rhone River, and they comes from the erosion of the Alp mountains. Okay. Uh, so this is in north part. So uh, they take all the heat during the day and restitute to the vine during the night. So the vine is permanently uh, with uh, with hot temperature. So right. we get 
full-bodied wine. Then, if you want a, a smoother, um, but with a very big potential, aging mm -hmm. potential, I okay, mean, yeah. uh, you go to the east side. Uh, on the east side, we have sand soils. Um, sandy soils. Yes, yeah, sandy soils. They yeah. keep the water. They are very interesting as well. Um, and on the south part, you have the alluvions and some clays. Um, very interesting soils. A uh, very nice uh, chateau over there. And uh, to finish uh, the west side, where we are based, we have uh, the single vineyard, uh, our family single vineyard, uh, coming from the Lawrence Broad uh, model side. Uh -huh. uh, Lawrence is, our is the current owner, is the CEO. And he owns uh, 16 hectares on the west side uh, of Chateauneuf-du-Pape. It's a soil of limestone. Okay. Uh, the limestone gives a uh, very silky, uh, fine Chateauneuf du Pape with uh, that uh, strengthness. Uh, yeah. uh, very interesting uh, you know, on the nose, very complex. Um, we have a well-balanced well Chateauneuf du Pape from there, coming from Grenache, 80%, yeah. 20% Syrah, and 10% Mourvedre. Right. And so that's all coming from this one plot, this one 18-hectare uh, yes. plot. We have uh, we have uh, different lieux-dits. Uh, we can say um, plots. Yeah, um, right. We select plots. Um, we have two plots over there, uh, but we also grow some wine uh, from Chateauneuf-du-Pape on other terroirs, yeah. like uh, the pebbles, the sandy soles, um, with other uh, growers and partnership. Yeah, um, it's wonderful. And but so uh, the 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 more of the practice that you see in Chateauneuf du Pape is blending different vineyards, right? Isn't that more of the practice where you can, you know, you're blending uh, grapes from from a lot of different plots? It's a, it's a blended culture. Mm -hmm. um, we are lucky. Um, to get from the Grenache the structure, um, the complexity uh, from the Syrah, um, the uh, the acidity, um, also um, the color, yeah. and um, and the tannins, okay, yeah. and the Mourvèdre, which is a late grape, give us more, much more animal taste, uh, more complexity and uh, aging potential. Right. So we are lucky to to have this blended culture. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And then when you look, I mean, you know, you mentioned these big, big pebbles or these stones, and and you call them galets. I mean, les galets roulés. It, it is just incredible. If 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 you've never seen photos of 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 this soil, there, it's just wild how they, you know, it seems like you know uh, some some uh, greater power just dumped all these rocks down, and uh, I think it's just wild. You you are right, Mark. Uh, there are a lot of tourists. Uh, Stopping by uh, those parcels to take pictures with the and do they with try the and rocks. take a, yeah. and they do they try and take a rock home with them? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, um, well, wonderful. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you. You know, you've traveled a long way. Thanks for coming into the studio and talking about Brot and uh, and and the producer, very very historied producer, and the the region of Chateauneuf du Pape as a whole. So, what what if we go outside of the region of Chateauneuf du Pape? Do we have we, we have some other regions, and we should also talk just about the general Côte du Rhône uh, appellation because that might be the entry level into then these other uh, more higher quality regions, right? You are right. Uh, um, well, uh, the Côte du Rhône appellation can be made from different uh, 
uh, grapes like Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre, and so um, it can be a hundred percent grape. Uh, yeah. Like Chateau Neuf du Pape, we have the rule to produce 100% Grenache or 100% Syrah. Uh, Côte du Rhône is uh, the base of uh, our wines. There is the, if we can say the daily, uh, the daily wine right. uh, we can uh, we can drink. Um, Côte du Rhône is uh, overspread. Uh, you can have Côte du Rhône in many places. Uh, between Côte du Rhône and the Cru appellation, uh, you will find the Côte du Rhône village. Mm-hmm. Appellations, so that we can think of as maybe a step higher than Côte du Rhône. Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. Uh, the yield can change uh, depends uh, of the vintage and uh, of what they uh, what the grower uh, vote every every single year. But let's say the yield is about uh, forty to forty five hectoliters per hectare for the for making a Côte du Rhône village and having uh, the right to put village on the label. Right. You so have, that 40 to 45 hectoliters, to put that into perspective, that is kind of the yield that we get on the, 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 the valley floor of Napa Valley. So that's uh, about, if I were to convert it, you know, it would be about four to five tons per acre. So that's a very high quality wine, basically. You know, it's hard to, folks are listening out there and they hear 40 hectoliters per hectare and that means nothing to them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, it, but it's, a, but it's a, uh-huh. a level of quality, right? Right? I mean, it's it, it's saying that we're going to uh, limit the quantity in in order to have higher quality, right? Of course, yeah. you have a much better concentration, and uh, you imagine then uh, on the top cru, the nine cru you have in Southern Rhone, the yield is thirty five so uh, hectoliter per hectare, so ten uh, hectoliter less. Yeah. Uh, so more we go on uh, niche products, uh, much the complexity is. Right. And we have two vineyards. One uh, is called Chateau de Bord. It's our family vineyard. We end harvest everything like on Chateau Neuf du Pape on Domaine Barville. Uh, the Chateau de Bord is based on the right side at the right bank of the Rhone River on uh, nice terraces with uh, uh, a blend of Grenache, 60% and 40% Syrah. And so is that in just the general Côte du Rhône appellation, or is that no? A, the, that, that's yeah. Is this that is this is a Côte du Rhône village, Laudun. Okay. The name of the village, Laudun. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're so you're are you allowed to say the name of the village on the bottle there? Yes, we are allowed. Um, but uh, if you source grapes and um, and uh, juice from other villages, you can't put the name uh, on the label. Right. You are allowed to do that if it's only coming from your vineyard on the same village, on ah. the same appellation. Ah, okay, very good. Yeah, and then you also have a, a, a Kairan as well, Appalachian wine, right? Uh, under the Brot label? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, uh, the good introduction for our Domaine Grosset. Yeah. Uh, Domaine Grosset, it's uh, the, um, the Lawrence wife vineyard, yeah. Christine Brot. Kairan uh, Terroir is from 60% Grenache, 20% Syrah, and 20% Mourvedre. Um, it's a very nice terroir. We have very old vines uh, from century old year. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, so, and, and do you make, so does Brot make those wines in that village or do they bring the, uh, the grapes to their, to their winery in Chateauneuf-du-Pape? So um, the, the family uh, owns uh, the, the, the total production of the Domaine Grosset. Yeah. Uh, so we bring the grapes 
to Chateauneuf du Pape. Okay. Yes. And you're and allowed we produce to do that. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. In sh everything in Chateauneuf du Pape. Yes. In our in our winery uh, in uh, the village. Right. And uh, folks, if you're uh, wanting to follow along, you can check out the website of uh, the Brot family. Um, they, they have a lovely website. It's uh, www.brotte.com. Brot.com. And of course, uh, check out the co-op website. And I will post. Um, I'll post uh, some information on the co-op blog. That's koop.org slash another bottle down. And, uh, and you can also get the link to podcast this episode afterwards if you're just tuning in and you're intrigued by wines from the Rhone Valley and, and Chateauneuf du Pape, etc. So um, this is great to have somebody in the studio who's from the region and uh, traveling all around Texas. And so, um, so wonderful. Let, let's, uh, Jeremy, so uh, yeah, if, if you're just tuning in, Jeremy Fouquet, who is uh, the export manager of Brot, and, uh, and Brot is distributed in Texas uh, by uh, Margot and Associates and the Butera family. So, um, Jeremy, w w let's talk, let's dig into a little bit of the history of the winery. Can we, can we, uh, can we talk about the winery? Because it's one of the, one of the older producers. It's one of the old, uh, oldest producers in Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Uh, we, we are producing a, a nice label and a nice bottle uh, since 1952. Uh, today is the most uh, recognized and the most favorite Chateauneuf du Pape in the world. It is La Fiole du Pape, Chateauneuf du Pape. It's yeah. uh, twisted and a dusty bottle <laughs> that you can find on retails here in Texas. Yeah. And um, so it's that it's that kind of funky, misshaped bottle that has you know kind of the the, the dusty aspect to it. So you you might you can really recognize it on the shelf because it's just it looks like it's an old bottle, right? <laughs> yes, we dust the bottle like uh, in the former times. Yeah. And um, well, Charles Brot uh, create uh, the bottle in. 1950 and uh, so that bottle has been around since 1950 yes wow, wow. yes and we are exporting this uh, wine now in 95 countries wow incredible so this wine is our success story is the the flagship of the winery and uh, it comes from um, grand reserves of chateauneuf du pape so yeah. that's why there is no year on the label it's a non-vintage chateauneuf du pape yeah, and and, and uh, you know, get, can you paint us a picture of the of the winery? I mean, do we see large oak casks? You know, what what is it? Is it is it kind of like these? Is it a super modern winery, or or is it kind of like crawling down into a cellar and everything's kind of dusty there as well? Well, we try to keep uh, traditional, <laughs> right. uh, but we uh, we are investing a lot in our vinification um, materials and uh, new tools to produce uh, better wine. Uh, we consistently want to make uh, um, better quality. Um, and uh, regarding uh, your question about the century oak vats, yes, we use it. Yes, um, it's the authentic uh, content used in Chateauneuf-du-Pape in the past be before uh, the oak uh, came in on the appellation. Right. And uh, we use uh, those oak 
because uh, they give to the wine micro oxygenation and soft the tannins right. um, to making uh, an enjoyable uh, Chateau Neuf du Pape and ready to drink Chateau Neuf du Pape. Right, but without having a, a, this is a very very big debate in Chateau Neuf du Pape right now as to whether you maintain the historic old uh, foudres, the big barrels, or uh, are you you know buying small you know small barriques for it's a, it's a hotly debated. Uh, topic right now in Chateau Neuf du Pape. So, so um, at Brot, there's there's mostly large and old school barrels. No, we we have both of them. Both, we yeah. have a 30, uh, 30 foudre de chêne. We, that's the real name, uh, um, oak vats. Um, we uh, only use it for uh, some wines, including La Fiole du Pape, Chateau Neuf du Pape, and La Fiole Coduron that I didn't tell, that's the new baby of the winery. Right, um, right. And we use as well uh, a new oak, but uh, we only use a third uh, new, and the other two thirds are from uh, one or two fillings, just because we don't want to mask the original flavors coming from our soils and terroir. Right. And we want just soften and get a smooth and rounded Tannins. Right, I mean that's really important, as because um, you know you do pick up some tannin from from small oak barrels, and that can be like sucking on a pencil or something like that. And so you've already got plenty of tannin. So I like that you know that 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 blend of you know large oak too to just kind of round out uh, the tannins and the flavors. So um, wonderful, and 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 it's usually aged for two years or so. That's typically the the standard in Chateau Neuf du Pape. Uh, what do you mean about the the oak? Yeah, in in these large barrels or or a, a combination. Um, uh, the large barrels uh, we use it uh, during twelve months. 12 we months. do a twelve month aging for our Chateau Neuf du Pape and the Coduron. It depends of the vintage. Sometimes we don't need it right. or we need just a few. So we use um, between eight to twelve months. In yeah. barrels. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got under the La Fiole label, which was started in the 50s, we've got the Chateau Neuf du Pape and we've got the Cote du Rhone. Um, you know, I, I love that that Cote du Rhone. It doesn't have the, the dusted bottle, you know, it's just got kind of like a little misshaped. And and, and is, is that, was that done to, you have to straighten me out here because uh, there's a bottle of uh, Gattinara, an Italian wine, that was made to fit the shape of, of one of the Pope's hands. Um, um, is, 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 does this come from, you know, of course, Avignon is the city of the popes. Is, is, is there a history to that? Uh, you are right. Uh, the popes uh, live in Avignon uh, during uh, 200 years. Yeah. Um, so we have a kind of a st uh, history in Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Chateauneuf-du-Pape was the secondary uh, uh, residence of the pope in Avignon. And that's why uh, they grew uh, vines there. Yeah. Um, regarding um, the shape of the bottle, um, the concept is a, is a vine, it's a shape of a vine in the Mistral. Ah. The shape of a rootstock. Ah, very cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, he, uh, Charles Brot uh, imagined uh, that vine and that shape in the 50s when a lot of uh, producers, uh, including uh, champagne producers, were inviting uh, some uh, different shape, uh, classic bottle, 
um, and it became legendary. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the advent of the bottle is relatively new. I mean, uh, you know, um, and when you talk about uh, wine merchants, so w w the Brot family started out as wine merchants, right? Um, well, uh, from the Lawrence uh, father's side, uh, he is a wine merchant. Yeah. And from uh, his uh, mother's side, he is a wine grower since 1880. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. Because of the Domaine Barville we have on the west side. Yeah, west side of Chateau uh -huh. de Pop. Well, very cool. Um, Jeremy Fouquet, thank you so much for being with us. We, we need to take a short break here um, and hear from some of our uh, underwriters and um, all of the cool things that we have going on at Co-op. So um, uh, my name is Mark Rayshop, and this is Another Bottle Down, where we talk about wine and the wine industry. And today is all about the Rhone Valley and Chateauneuf-du-Pape uh, has the main focus. And Jeremy Fouquet is with uh, the winery in Chateauneuf-du-Pape called uh, Brot. And so uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back all right we are back uh thank you so much for tuning in it's 1 30 this is koop 91.7 fm and koop.org thank you so much for tuning in we've got a wonderful show here we're with jeremy fouquet and uh talking about his wines from chateauneuf du pop and the wines uh from the 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 winery called brot but first i do need to mention that uh support for co-op comes from fitbit um, Jeremy, so, you know, we're talking the Rhone Valley here, and I think we did a pretty good job of painting the picture of, of the overall Rhone Valley, and, um, and, uh, now we're kind of getting into the, the, the family of, uh, Brot and, and maybe some of their wines, um, what, what, um, you know, we, we had, uh, so, you know, started in 18, lead us through the history a, l a little bit. And, um, you know, because we have, uh, Chateauneuf-du-Pape became an AOC in the, in, in the thirties, an appellation, an official appellation. And we see a lot of producers were maybe growing the grapes and selling them to the co-op. So, you know, in the early 1900s, there weren't all, uh, as many uh, producers, as, and you say that there's about 300 producers now. Uh, but the Brot family was a little bit of ahead of the curve, right? So take us back to that time. Yes, you are right, Mark. Um, uh, we, are, uh, we are a wine region where the CAV, the cooperative um, seller, are very important in the landscape. Um, they uh, source a lot of berries and juice, and uh, they do their own label, and they sell a lot of wines. Or, uh, but uh, today, we just count five or six uh, biggest uh, cooperative sellers. But he, it's changing now. So you can have your own little family vineyard and then bring the grapes to a co-op co and they have the wine made. It's, if you are a viticulteur, if you are a grower, um, and you don't have um, the vinification uh, tools yeah, okay, a, and the winery, uh, of course you can uh, bring all your grapes to the cooperative seller. But if you have... Uh, a vinification tool and a winery um, well you can produce of course uh, wines by your own depends some girls do uh, 50 person uh, bring to the cooperative seller and other and and the rest uh, they produce with the top quality right right so but but Brot was a little bit ahead of the curve as far as making uh, almost all of their do, so they don't bring anything to the co-op they're they're making their 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 own wine in their own facility 
Yeah. No, th there is only one cooperative seller in Châteauneuf-du-Pape. Uh, we uh, produce uh, the entire uh, the entire production and uh, the entire vineyards we have, and um, we also help some growers uh, to establish their own label uh, and their own bottle by uh, joining uh, us in our winery and taking advantage of the know-how of uh, Christine Brot and uh, the winemaker team. Oh. So they can produce, they can bring the, the grape uh, to our winery and we vinify uh, closely with them. And uh, they can even bottle uh, the wines at our bottling line. And ah. then they are free to sell them to sell uh, to customers. So, so, so it's it's kind of like the co-op model, but but then they are responsible for their sales and all of that kind of stuff too. Whereas the co-op might normally be responsible for the sales and the marketing of the product. Yeah, of course they are, and they will be hundred uh, percent responsible of their sales uh, on foreign markets because we have uh, um, a large portfolio of customers. Uh, Uh, we exporting in 95 countries yeah. and we la we are we already have a lot of uh, uh, tasks and job to do yeah well it's cool though that that you can you know people uh, can take their little plot of land and even though it's it's your your winemaking team uh, it's still that speaks to you know the difference that the little plot of land really makes as far as differentiating the wines right I mean because uh, you can't make uh, similar wine from that tiny little other plot that somebody that belongs to somebody else right yeah that's right yeah um cool well let's uh, you also on the property have i'd like to mention the museum too can you talk a little bit about the museum of course uh the museum was created by jeanne brot uh jeanne brot is a first generation um the wife of charles brot um at the time uh, she wants to promote some Uh, vinification tools um, and many uh, may, many tools coming from the wine growing side and uh, it was uh, something very local but then it started to be uh, uh, known and known and uh, she um, she created a big uh, big store and uh, well the family took advantage to put the wine and create a wine shop Uh, with uh, tastings and uh, with uh, sales uh, available. And today we have just um, renovated uh, the entire museum. It's a modern, um, very educative museum. Yeah. Uh, when you enter in the museum, you can get an audiophone and translate in different languages. Yeah. And you can do the, the museum tour Uh, it takes about 45 minutes uh -huh. and you're listening about uh, the history of Chateauneuf-du-Pape, right. um, the former times, um, the success story of La Fiole du Pape, the 13 grapes. And then you walk and in our wine, uh, go our, uh, wine, wine side, our wine, um, in our vineyards, um, and you have pictures Uh, uh, to uh, 360 degrees. Ah, very so cool. It's so cool. It's yeah. very nice <laughs> and very attractive. And then you go down and you see the, the how, how looks uh, a wine um, a wine room, a barrel room, and and uh, the tanks and all the vinification side. Yeah. And then you can taste the wines 
uh, with a sommelier. Mm-hmm. We have uh, three sommeliers working um, in the in the museum, and they can advise you, and uh, and then you ca- you can buy some some wines. We receive between twenty thousand to thirty thousand wow. uh, tourists every year. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, and and folks can find more information about that at brought.com. Uh, I'm sure that you have uh, maybe some more pictures and whatnot on the website, I would imagine. And I'll link, uh, certainly I will link a, uh, put a link up uh, from the co-op blog, koop.org, to uh, uh, direct folks to your website as well. And um, and I'll also pay, uh, put some other links there about the, the, the region of Chateauneuf-du-Pape and the general Southern Rhone as well. So, um, well, wonderful. We, we've, we've kind of touched on some of the wines, but I want to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, we didn't talk about... Uh, uh, the whites, which I really love, the white wines of Chateauneuf du Pape and you and and Brot makes a fantastic one. What tell us a little bit about that and and also your you know your family is such a culinary um, you know a culinary family that that uh, give us some pairings and and what you think what foods and what traditional foods really work with the wine. Yes, yeah, so uh, for the white wines, um, the production is uh, is a very uh, very small in the Rhone Valley. I think because the wine growers are a little bit shy to produce white wine, but uh, some sommeliers are really looking for those wines because they are versatile and they can match with many, uh, many kind of foods, um, like starting from appetizers uh, to um, risotto, pasta, but also uh, fruits um, with uh, some desserts um, going on um, seafood. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I always think of white Chateauneuf du Pape and, and and white wines made from the Rhone Valley from Grenache Blanc from white Grenache as as doing pretty well for folks who enjoy Chardonnay. You know, they might enjoy the 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 more full bodied California Chardonnays, and this is a good kind of link to what folks uh, you know some of the flavors uh, and some of the textures and sensations that you get uh, when you're you know drinking Chardonnay, but it's just a little bit different. Do you do you find that? Yeah, the the run white are getting more and more popular, and uh, people are very interested about drinking our whites uh, right now. Uh, we are uh, producing more and more whites, and um, well, versus the Chardonnay, our grape like the Grenache Blanc you mentioned um, give you citrus lime notes uh, with uh, with a we- uh, well balanced, refreshing uh, mo- uh, mouth. Yeah, and uh, he he tastes uh, very uh, very easy. Uh, he tastes um, uh, like uh, like um, uh, uh, I can say uh, he tastes very well with uh, any kind of food. Uh, it's a very friendly wine yeah. that we have. Um, well, and the Chardonnay, uh, which is on buttery uh, notes, um, sometimes it is. Uh, um, on uh, on herbs, you can find different Chardonnay, but the Chardonnay is very different uh, from and the Sauvignon as well. Sure, Sauvignon sure. Blanc is more freshy, more acid, acid, with right. much more acidity, right, right. and pair better with seafood uh, like oysters or mussels uh, than our white wine. So we are producing. Uh, Code Huron White. Com- yeah. um, and that's com- under the Barville label. Yeah. L'esp- and- L'Esprit Barville, the spirit of Barville, the Barville, uh, w- which is the name of our vineyard, um, family vineyard. So uh, it's a blend of Grenache Blanc, 
euh, clairette et viognier. J'ai testé ça il y a quelques semaines à la Pioneer, uh, Pioneer Wine Company qui distribue le vin à leur grand portfolio de tasting. Et j'étais très impressionné avec ça. Juste sur, comme vous dites, la versatilité. Il y avait du caractère, il y avait de la richesse, il y avait du corps. Mais à la même temps, il y avait encore de la fraîcheur. Et je pouvais voir ça aller avec la pizza. Je l'aime, arugula, prosciutto et la pizza. Quand je suis en trouble avec ma femme, je dois avoir une bonne bouteille de vin et une prosciutto homemade pizza. <laughs> and so um and uh but but wonderful and 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 there's some other grapes in this that i think folks might not really know i've got i've got a sheet here that's telling me i'm cheating that there's claret and viognier what do those other grapes do to the wine to what, how, how, so yeah. the claret uh, always give you the acidity the freshness and the minerality and the viognier The Viognier gives you all the exuberancy, the aromas. It's very exploding in, in, on the nose and in mouth. Uh, people love the Viognier in the blend. Yeah. And the Grenache Blanc is always the body and the, the structure. Body and yes. structure and a little bit. It can tend to have a little bit of high alcohol too. But uh, how, do, how do white wines from Chateauneuf du Pop age? How do you feel that they, you know, do they, do they get better and better and better? Or, or, you know, what's the story there? It is a very Very good question. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell on Chateauneuf du Pape white wine. Uh, when they are young, they taste uh, on citrus notes, uh, elf flower, uh, very fresh, freshy uh, on lime sometimes. And when it age, uh, the wine turn to something uh, honey, uh, apricot, um, peachy nose very different and and may, maybe buttery a little bit like uh, any other grapes like you mentioned late, uh, later the chardonnay right. so those wines are very appreciated by wine experts or connoisseurs um, and can pair like the chateauneuf du pape white for his body uh, can pair with some foie gras but also um, um, like uh, seafood in a uh, spicy sauce yeah. or sometimes you can pair with some uh, uh, risotto with some mushroom you know um, it's it's like I said it's a very versatile grape and we are producing an hundred percent Roussan and the Roussan oh, grape really yes An inch in the Chateauneuf de Pape region yes and wow. w w uh, uh, you remember that we are on the west side of Chateauneuf du Pape on yeah. limestone and the limestone is particularly great for making white wine yeah and uh, we producing a very small uh, a very small quantity uh, 2000 bottles a year uh, but that's nothing common it's 100% <laughs> Roussan <laughs> Yeah. 100% Roussan, and we are, we are few girls to produce uh, uh, this grape uh, in Chateauneuf du Pape. Well, that is going to be Domaine Barville Roussan. Domaine Barville Roussan. That's going to be my <laughs> next trivia question. <laughs> I, I have to tell you a little anecdote. When I was um, in Chateauneuf du Pape with my wife, and we, we, were do we were going out to have dinner, but of course we were going out way earlier than everybody else in, uh, in France. And so we were alone in the dining room, and we were the only people there. And... Uh, Uh, and, and we had a white Chateauneuf du Pop with mushroom risotto. And, you know, we were alone. And my wife just, my wife, it blew her mind. She actually stood up and started dancing. She was so excited. <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then the waiter walks in and we were both like, 
<laughs> oh, we're so embarrassed. But, <laughs> but I, I think that that, you know, that, um, that, uh, that combination of the mushroom, the risotto with white chateauneuf de pop is just divine. It's one of my favorite pairings. Yeah. And for the red, uh, we have a nice uh, food and wine matching. Uh, Chateauneuf du Pape uh, has always uh, been uh, the friend of uh, games, yeah. uh, but also uh, strong cheeses. Um, we in Chateauneuf du Pape, uh, for winter time, we uh, we cook some uh, daube provençal with some carrots and uh, black olives. It's very good. It's stew beef in a in a red uh, red wine juicy sauce. Um, that's lovely, yummy, and um, we also um, we also making some great barbecue like in Texas. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, you know, um, although although it's not quite like in Texas, we gotta we have to be real about that. Um, but but you know, so what is it that what it, what is the character of the wine that goes really well with the with game and with barbecue? What what what, what do you get from you know what makes that a good pairing? Um, because the Chateauneuf du Pape always uh, is always a complex wine, um, uh, juicy uh, with a red currant. Sometimes when uh, it's young, uh, black cherry, uh, some plums. He uh, smells uh, licorice, black pepper, uh, a complex uh, red wine uh, that go f- with uh, complex dishes. Yeah. And that's why uh, we always pair uh, our red with uh, with um, meats, right, red meats right. particularly. Yeah, right. And also because there's such a good structure of tannin that just naturally goes with the fattiness of of the meat. So you know, I always tell people with barbecue. I mean, it's just you know, there's a lot of fat that just melts in your mouth. You need something with you know, big tannin, big body. You have sunshine in the glass. We have two thousand eight hundred hours of sunshine every year in Chateauneuf du Pape. Oh, so wow. you can imagine, and uh, the soil are very poor, so we have a better concentration and uh, and um, and a lot of uh, po- powerful in in the glass right now and so talking about how the reds age how do you feel about that i mean so usually the more full-bodied wines uh, tend to really age a lot longer so do you see that uh, in chateauneuf du pape with the wines that, that you're representing of course uh, our domain age between seven to ten years uh, and on uh, outstanding vintages, uh, we can expect uh, to get uh, an aging potential of uh, more than ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 then so how do those you know those flavors change as it's going to ten years? Yes, uh, I, I feel like a lot of folks here in the U.S. Um, either we're not patient enough, or you know we 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 tend to drink almost all of our wine very young. Um, how how how, do, how should we expect these wines to evolve? Well, first, uh, I have to be honest, in France, we don't uh, wait too long to right, with the new right. generation, you know, <laughs> uh, the wine consumption now has changed uh, um, and uh, we tend to, well, buy a bottle and drink it uh, right, right. within the week. Um, but the, the Chateauneuf du Pape, when they are young, they are on primary aromas. Uh, fruity, right. and when uh, they go uh, with aging, ages, um, they taste uh, on tertiary aromas, uh, like uh, animals taste, um, must, 
um, tobacco, yeah, tobacco. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a little bit of uh, uh, chocolate. You 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 smell the evolution, and uh, I always say to my uh, customers and partners, uh, there is two kind of Chateau Neuf du Pape mm-hmm. uh, for two kind of customers. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to, I you know, I want to have you address something that I feel like some people talk about. This. Do you feel like the wines? So we talked about primary aromas, which you get uh, the fruity aromas in, when the, when it, when the wine is young, and then the secondary aromas when the wine uh, tertiary aromas when the wine is aged. Do you feel like after four or five years, there's kind of a dumb stage where the wine is not? It's kind of closed down, uh, almost as it's in its um, you know wild uh, you know teenage years. Do you, do you find that with Chateau Neuf du Pape? Absolutely, Mark. Uh, depending of the vintage and uh, the wine, uh, it can uh, it can happen. Um, sometimes after three or four years, uh, the wine just close up right. and uh, reopen after one or two years. Sometimes it's just a question of months. Right. Um, but you, it's. I mean, when it happen, it, it doesn't mean the wine is not good. It, it means the wine is living. You know. Right, right, right. And so if, if you, you know, if you kind of experience that, um, you know, of course, it's easy to say, oh, well, you just should have waited another year or so. Uh, will giving the wine air, do, do these wines from Chateau Neuf du Pape like to be aerated and to be decanted and to, you know, go through any sort of aerator? I always, uh, I always advise my customers uh, to decant our Domaine Barville uh, four hours before drinking it. Yeah. Um, yes. It's a very important to decant, at least if you don't have the four hours in front of you, two hours will be sufficient. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. My name is Mark Grayshop. This is Another Bottle Down, and you're listening to Co-op Radio, K-O-O-P, Hornsby, Austin, 91.7 FM. And we're talking with Jeremy, Jeremy Fouquet, who is the export manager of Brot, uh, which is a producer in the Chateauneuf-du-Pape region. And um, we've got about uh, seven minutes left, so uh, thanks. I hope you've been enjoying this conversation out there. Um, I, I want to just uh, kind of wrap up and, and mention a, a quick talk about vintages and like what vintages of the Chateauneuf of the Brot uh, Barville do you do you have out we've had a several very good years in Chateauneuf du Pape which is different from what's been happening in Burgundy and mm. you know and, and other parts of of uh, of France um, you know we've had excellent vintages right can you talk about 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 that Yes, we can't complain in our region. We have enough sunshine and we produce great vintages. Uh, we, we can't say except uh, 2002, uh, which was a rainy vintage, and 2008, where we had the rain during the harvest. Um, we have a pretty good uh, climate uh, with uh, good wines year by year. Um, I will I will say uh, the 2012 is very good and is available in Texas market in and in Austin with a pioneer distribution and yeah. the Butera family. Um, I love the 2012 vintage. The 2012 vintage is round is uh, is now uh, at is not at peak. You can wait uh, several years uh, still, but it's uh, ready to drink, uh, ready for full enjoyment. Um, is very complex. Uh, I recommend to decant it before drinking. 
Yeah. And uh, the 2010 was uh, one of the greatest year as well in yes. Southern Rhone. Uh, but I can say uh, 07, uh, 09, 10, 12, and uh, the 15 coming 15, yeah. were, were, uh, were very good vintages. And was 15 good for white? Because that, that's, that's the white that you have in the market now, right? Is 2015? Yes, we have the 2015 uh, vintage for Coduron White, Esprit Barville. And we have the 2015 um, uh, with the, the Chateau Neuf du Pape, Léo de Barville, coming. Right on the market, uh, rated 92 point by Wine Spectator. Oh, very cool. Um, and so, so we should expect, but it, but it will be several years before we see the 2015 Reds, right? Yes, several years. Uh, we yeah. expect to get uh, the 2015 release uh, in, the mi uh, in the middle of the next year. In, in, for just the regular Côte du Rhône? For the regular Côte du Rhône and for the Chateau Neuf du Pape, uh, sometimes it, it depends um, It depends of the, the customers or the market, what is demanding. Right, right. And then for the Cairon and the, the Gigondast, uh, are you somewhere in between, say like a 13 or 14? So right now, the Cairon is on 2014 vintage um, and the Chateau de Bord Laudin is on 2014 vintage and the 2015 vintage coming with a new label, a nice packaging uh, as from 2017, well, I, in, the, in, uh, in the beginning of the year. And I have to say, we have also great rosé wines. Ah, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. We're producing a, a nice Coduron uh, rosé from uh, Grenache, um, Syrah and um, Claret uh, grapes yeah, so with a Tavel as well. So that's super interesting. Um, let's talk about this. We've got uh, only about four minutes left, but I, I want to talk about the Tavel uh, region because uh, I think rosé is smoking hot right now. Everybody is loving rosé in Austin. Uh, it is as well a great barbecue wine. I, I find that incredibly interesting. Um, but Tavel is something special. Tell us about the region of Tavel. Tavel is the king rosé in France. Uh, is uh, with Chateau Neuf du Pape, uh, the one of the first appellation. They get in 1936 the AOC as well. A Tavel, I consider always as a, a red wine. I explain myself yeah. because it's a, is more is more than a, a rosé for appetizers. Is a is a dining wine. You know, is a wine that you can um, have with meats, with barbecue, with cheeses. Um, with a lot of um, nice uh, Italian food, for, for example, some pasta or uh, pizzas. Uh, Tavel is the on only appellation that, that can't produce red and white. So it's only rosé. Yes, and the terroir is very similar to Chateau Neuf du Pape. You have three different soils, but the most impressive is also the pebble. Uh, like Chateau Neuf du Pape, um, and over there, um, you uh, you will find so, uh, also a little bit of claret that you can you can get you can add during the rosé process. Okay, okay, well, uh -huh. wonderful. Well, um, we are just about done here. Um, my name is Mark Rayshop. This is Co-op Radio. It's another bottle down. Uh, we've been talking over the last hour, hour with Jeremy Fouquet, who is export manager of Brot. Jeremy, good luck for the rest of your travels. Um, Thank you so much are, are for you, inviting me. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you were coming from Houston. Are you going to Dallas after Austin? Yes, uh, we have a wine dinner uh, in Dallas uh, tomorrow night. Wonderful. And today uh, we, we meet uh, our sales team from Pioneer. We 
with uh, the Butera family, and we will uh, tasting some great wines and and uh, and going and visit some nice restaurants from your town. Well, wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have you here. Um, if you want to uh, podcast any of this episode and you've been listening, you've been enjoying it, you, you, you've been uh, wanting to practice pronunciation of uh, what Jeremy has been talking about, you can go to koop.org slash another bottle down and you can find a link to the podcast. And uh, so stay tuned for a remix. And Tracy Schultz is here in the studio. He's going to be having a rocking show as usual. So until next week, uh, drink wonderful, wonderful wines and, uh, and enjoy your family and your loved ones so uh stay tuned for remix and we'll see you next week